podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on the 2-0 win over Brentford at home. Finally, a lovely two-goal cushion win. First up, he was at the game. It's Franco. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm cold. I, I kind of feel a bit bad saying cold, though, when we've got a Canadian on the pod. And I know like, Sean always loves talking about the weather, but it was, yeah, proper cold tonight, even with a big, thick coat on. So I came in, had to warm up with a shower. And um, yeah, warmed up for the pod. Well, as as Franco mentioned, also joining us, been a while since he's been on, is Sean Williacy from Toronto Spurs. How are you doing, Sean? Not too bad. Good to be back on. Good to be back on, especially after a win. You know, uh, it was good to see good to see a nice effort out there tonight. And you know, just to let you guys know, it's uh, I think it was actually warmer here than it was in London. So, but then again, by the sounds of what Franco was saying, pretty much everywhere <laughs> was warmer than London. Yeah, man. <laughs> Was it that bad? I mean, Franco, like, was this your first your first Conte game? Um, yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Okay, so didn't he warm you up watching him run across <laughs> the touchline like he does, screaming and shouting and cheering? Didn't that, that didn't that warm no, the you thing up is, inside? I found that in these nighttime games in winter, like the first at the first half, you're fine, and then as soon as it ha- hits half time, you just go, oh god, it's cold, and the second half is a struggle. So like my legs and, and feet are pretty cold but yeah look it was it was a good game and thankfully the second half was a bit livelier which we'll talk about so yeah I was I was fine Bren I saw saw my way through it (laughs) I'll sit with you Franco as we do always we're talking about the lineup it was as expected I guess I mean we know that Romero is out and sadly we got the news from Conte this week that he's out until towards the end of January maybe February even Mm. so Sanchez came in he's probably the, the more experienced of the the centre-back options that we have. But Rodon didn't even make the bench, which is a burn. But, but, but what, what, what was your thought, thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, exactly that. It feels like every week now we've talked about Rodon and he's just he's getting further and further away from playing football, isn't he? Um, it was a strange decision, you know, putting Tanganga on there and also Doherty, because obviously I said I never want to see Doherty play for Spurs again. So I don't see why you want to have two players when... Tangaga can play that right back position. And when we're playing three centre backs, it might have made sense to have Roden on there as well. But he chose not to. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I mean, the bench pretty much picks itself, I guess. I don't think any of the players that are on there have done anything to, to make or to convince Conte that he's going to um, put them in the starting 11. So it made sense. And there were some options on the bench. It was, a, it was a good mix, I guess, from what we've got. Yeah. Sean, your thoughts on the lineup? I mean, Davies seems to have been the sort of mainstay of Conte since he's arrived. Because he plays three at the back, it sort of makes sense that he has that sort of experience playing for Wales as the sort of left-sided of the centre-back three. Um, were, you, were, you, were you okay with the lineup? And and what were your thoughts on, on Rodon being excluded? I know that Paul Muir is going to be disheartened by it all, but what, what, how do you feel? Well, Davies makes a lot of sense. And like you say, he, play, he plays well on a back three. He does it for Wales. And I, I thought he was outstanding tonight. I thought other than maybe Skip, he was probably, you can make the argument, maybe was the best player on the pitch. Rodan, I don't know what to say. Like, he played at Mura. I know they took him out of a halftime, but he was far from our worst defender. He made, you know, Sanchez made him, made him look like, I don't know, pick your favorite center back. Maybe made him look like he was Toby or something. And yet, for some reason, he can't seem to get any kind of a consistent run. 
like, you know, are they going to sell him or loan him in January? Because he's got to do something. Because the poor guy's sitting there going, like, what the hell am I doing? He's I know he's only 24, but this is a point in time where you would expect a player of his seemingly obvious skills when you're watching Wales. Why isn't he playing? What What's going on? And he's got to be thinking, play me or get me the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, it, it's an odd one. And I think that the general feeling is that he hasn't put too many foot wrong, but it, it's just not working for him so far. So it's looking likely that he may go out on loan in January. But back to the game, Franco, I thought the, the, the start was relatively positive. It was quite bright. We uh, we started off on the front foot, which is what we kind of want to see. Uh, Lucas had that early chance, which uh, the goalie Fernandez did well with. But um, the crowd also seemed in good voice. And being at the game, what, what was it like there in, in the opening sort of 15, 20 minutes before the goal? Yeah, I think there was a level of excitement. And I think early on, most of it was going down the left, wasn't it? Reggie. Reggie broke away and was playing very high up and we were kind of trying to catch them on the counter. And I think, yeah, the, the Lucas chance came from that. Didn't it? Reggie bust down the left, uh, put it inside to Kane, who then cut inside him and then found found Lucas. But yeah, I just think it was that. It was the fact that it felt like we were going for it um, and, and it was quite bright attacking play. I mean, to be honest, I think it calmed down the half as it, as it went along. I think both teams had sort of spells of possession and um, whilst we scored the goal, I think it kind of petered out a little bit. And like I mentioned earlier, it was why it's good that it we started up again in in the second half and, and had a really bright start to that. But yeah, I mean, I was positive and, and pleased with the first half. I think I think most people were, and obviously going in one nil down um, helped. Sorry, going in one nil up helped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Davy's goal. We spoke about this off air. I I thought it came off his face, but but apparently it didn't. Well, Brad, it was at the other end. We just saw it go in, and then we all thought it was we thought it was Davies because he was celebrating. And then it's only when somebody looked on their phone that it wasn't credited to him. And I've looked at it on Amazon very quickly when I when I got in, and it looked like it didn't even touch him at all. If it went defender off defender and in, <laughs> so but uh, you know we'll take it <laughs> fortuitous <laughs> or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But the point was we were putting balls in the box in that first half as well. We we're trying to get it in there. Hardly any of them found anybody. But you know the fact that we're doing danger, and I think we kind of had because it came from a corner, didn't it? And we, and we did it twice. Where we, Sonny was putting in some good corners as well, but he decided to go short for that and get it back, just cut in, uh, done, you know, on, on his left and cut it across and put it in the danger area. And Davies was up there challenging for it. So he kind of created the mistake. But, uh, you know, like I said, we'll take it. Yeah, kind of explains his sort of muted celebrations. So the camera sort of followed him and he was a bit like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, bless him. He's, he's playing it down, fair play. But, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, I mean... We, we, we were discussing this in the Patreon chat. Does does that go down as a goal from a corner? Because it kind of, we played the corner short. It went back to Son and he sort of shimmied, lost the defender, played it in. I, I don't know the rules. Does, in your in your head, does this count as a corner? Because apparently we've gone 63 games without a goal from a corner. I'd like to count it. I don't <laughs> I don't know whether any, anyone will let us, but I would like to count it because... You know, like you say, it was it was within sort of the the play of the corner and getting it right back in. You know, if you if you bring in a corner and somebody heads it from the near post to the back post and a couple of people ping it, they seem to count that as a goal off of a corner. So hey, let's take it. You know, even if it wasn't on goal, who who the hell cares? Um, but you know, it just goes to show you if you get up and you start attacking, you start taking shots on target. It's amazing what can actually happen. A ball might actually go in. Or someone makes a mistake, and that's all it takes. You know, hopefully with this, they can now snowball this into some more wins. And 
you know, obviously we've got um, Ren's com- Ren coming up, and then Norwich. You know, chance to get some get some momentum, get some wins going before tougher fixtures are coming up in a in a few weeks. Mm. I may have got that wrong. It may have been sixty two corners as opposed to yeah, I think sixty two corners. It just it just feels like sixty two games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but um franco watching the game it, it, it looked like sanchez was sort of told to keep tight to tony um mm. there, was, there were times where he was sort of being drawn into midfield a lot um and he was getting uh, you were telling me in, in in whatsapp he was getting some stick from the crowd i i thought he did okay uh, what, what were your thoughts on on sanchez's performance uh, it wasn't necessarily stick it's just you know when there's that noise where you can it's just that nervous noise and it's because Brentford did close us down right at the start they did and I was like oh this is not going to be fun if like we're struggling with Sanchez and Dyer trying to play it and, and Royal trying to play it amongst themselves under pressure not looking comfortable and I, I feel like most teams know that if they come to Spurs and they pressure us especially when we've got the ball in defence we're not confident still we still don't look confident getting the ball out and you know it was Brentford so we did kind of manage on most occasions and, and they struggled to really capitalise on any of it but it was just I think it was just that like <laughs> Sanchez and um yeah, him get, getting tight on Tony, you never really know whether he's been told to do that or he just does it because he does like a sort of wander into midfield, doesn't he, to follow his man. <laughs> but And I don't know why that would be because we never really feel confident when he when he's playing up against, you know, one-on-one with a striker. Um, and I thought today, actually, Tony was pretty poor. And I don't know whether that was necessarily all due to Sanchez. Sanchez was all right. All of the defence were fine tonight, weren't they? We restricted them entirely. But um, yeah, Sanchez, is, he's got a long way to go to instill confidence in, in the Spurs faithful. Yeah, well, well second half, it, it sort of, they had a bit of a sort of flurry Brentford at the beginning, like right at the start of the half. But we, we seemed to deal with it. And, and we were on top of them. We were pressing them back. And Kane, that, that chance for Kane, Sean, I mean, I... Um, I, I was really pissed off when I saw it because it's it's the sort of chance that when you know when Kane gets it or any striker worth his salt that he's gonna he's gonna get it round the keeper and I, I don't know maybe I'm being too harsh but I thought that he was really sort of lackadaisical with his finish and made it easy for the keeper to get it. Yo, definitely. Like you know, you saw the second half. We came back out with with intent. We were pressing them. We were we're pressing them effectively and getting them to turn over the ball. It seemed anytime they did try to get anything going, Skip was there to stop it and get the ball moving back forward again. But like you say, when you when you saw that chance and you go, "Oh my God, Harry's going in there on the goalie," you're like, "This has got to be a goal." But I don't remember, I don't remember which defender it was, but he did get back to pressure Harry a bit. It was a good, decent save by Fernandez. But again, this is this is one of these shots that you're expecting a guy who's arguably the best striker, or at least one of the best two or three strikers in the world. You're expecting him to bury this, and the on in the inform Harry Kane would have buried this, and you know would have set the game, you know two nil early in the second half. Who knows? Maybe we could have scored three or four, but um, it does. It, you do you do worry about Harry, but then ten minutes later, look what he does with that second goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, Franco, how close were you to the the, the Kane chance? And uh, we'll, we'll get on to. And he, he did make that the, the second goal, so fair play, but. That chance was just it was it was it was made for a goal. Yeah, I mean, it's also credit the this the uh, well the pass from Skip, which was just beautiful, so well weighted, um, and I think he's sort of adding that to his game. Whilst you know, when he first few games for Spurs, he's kind of like just been very defensive minded. I think today he's he's almost overtaken Hoybier now. I think in terms of the midfielders, I thought he had a great game today. Again, just he's so dependable and does things like that. He was just it was a really great pass, um, and yeah. 
I think that the entire South Stand was expecting that to ripple the net. Left foot, okay, not his, not his strongest, but that's never really stopped him in the past. And I think Sean's right. There was a tackle. I think it was good. Uh, just just maybe made a bit of contact. I haven't seen a proper replay of it, but it might have just put him off. Um, but yeah, I would have Harry Kane on top form. You would have expected that to go in all the time. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I was slagging him off, but then within, I think, it was 10, 15 minutes, was sort of singing his praises for that pass to Reggie for Son's goal. Yeah, Kane was busy today, if if not brilliant still, but I still feel like the effort is definitely there, and I think he's um, he's he's looking sharper than he has been. It was pure counter-attacking football. That it was a beautiful goal. It was almost sort of reminiscent of the the Jose days when mm. when we were playing well under Jose in that in that effort. Sean, it was good to see see Son back in back amongst the goals because he's been a bit quiet the last few months, hasn't he? Yeah, he's uh, definitely definitely suffered. You know, there hasn't been a lot of service for him or for Harry. So it was so nice to see a goal, you know, kind of, you know, like say reminiscent of a lot of the goals that we scored last season. And the other thing that I really want to sort of comment on with that goal is to, you know, kind of a hats off to Reggie because there are a lot of players who would have tried to take that shot themselves. And he didn't, he did this, rather than doing the glory move, he did the smart move, passed it across the box and Son is just in, Son's just in there for probably one of the easiest goals he's going to score all year. And it was just such a beautiful team goal to watch, you know, one, you know, a good pass to Kane, Kane up to Son, sorry, up to, up to Reggie, Reggie doing the smart thing, getting the ball across in the net. And you're just like, yes, beautiful. Let's do it again. Yeah, it was great football. And I think the thing with Son as well is like, you know, the ball comes to him. He just laid it off nicely to Kane, who could then do the next pass. So he started the move, and then you, when you watch his run, he just has a gap between him and the defender. So there's just enough space for the ball to come across. He sort of allowed it, but you're right, great from Reggie. I mean, Reggie just wanted a nice uh, Sun cuddle because you know it must be really nice when Sun scored and he's happy with you. It looked like he was giving him kisses as well. I think Reggie just wants to be his best mate. Well, you could you could see Sun going down, waving to him, and it was a good thing that you know, like you say, I was saying Reggie had his head up, was paying attention. Got the got the ball one touch past it. Didn't try to be the the glory hound to you know score the goal. Sometimes it's just as rewarding to pass that ball off and get the sure thing. And you know you just want to take hats off to everybody on that one because it was just a beautiful effort by everybody. When, when the second goal went in as well, like a, a bat flew into my house. Like I was um, <laughs> I was watching it on the veranda because like in Brazil it's shown on the app like Star Plus. I don't know if that's a thing elsewhere. And a bat, like, and we're used to bats here because there's bats everywhere. But normally they sort of fly like quite fast, supersonic. This one was a bit drunk. I don't know if it was injured or whatever. Sort of flew in like like a giant butterfly. It was definitely a bat. And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck!" Like, so I was trying to sort of enjoy watching the goal, but then also watching this bat come into my house and the cat going crazy trying to catch it. Um, so, so that that was that was my, my, my wild celebrations goal. in Brent's house. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be back. I survived COVID. Didn't get killed by any narcos in Mexico or Panama, and came back to Brazil and almost got killed by a, a drunk bat uh, <laughs> on, on our second goal. Don't make any soup out of it. They got us into enough trouble already. <laughs> yeah, so we'll do what they do in that South Park episode you showed me today, Brent. Also, Aviva raised in the uh, the Patreon chat. I think she got it from Squawker that this is Son's 75th Premier League goal for Spurs, and he is the fifth Tottenham player to achieve that. Uh, so hats off to Son. Bless you. Let's hope that this is now the beginning of 
the resurgence after a bit of a slump. Because Franco, we mm. need him. We need him scoring, don't we? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I thought today was much more positive from him. Um, you know, we had a few chances to break and I thought he, you know, he was full of energy. He had that chance from sort of the edge of the box, then he left-footed, which was just vintage oh. sun running at pace, smacking it low, um, just not quite in the corner. I thought their keeper did quite well on a few attempts today as well. And, you know, he, he was involved. I did look at some of the stats because it felt like he was putting loads of balls in the box. Like I said, none of them were accurate. I just looked, he's putting nine crosses today. But that seems to be the game plan is, is get the ball in. And he was quite, you know, he was, he was a bit more involved. And I think he's being asked to take on his fullback today, which he, you know, he tried to do a few times. So no, it was good. Um, from Sonny, it, it, it was bright. And I was I was a bit more pleased that he was one of the sort of him and, and Skip were the, sort of some of the bright sparks today. Mm. And Sean, we, we saw the game relatively easy. Like what, what was reassuring for me, Brentford didn't really threaten too much. They made a few changes. They made a double substitution. They didn't really threaten. And, and it was a relatively straightforward uh, seeing out of the game and maintaining that two goal advantage, which we need to get our goal difference back up. And, and so having that two goal advantage was a huge plus for us. And it's December and this is our first two goal advantage. So- I think in the end, this could be, if you look back at the Burnley match, this could be a good thing that happened. That game being being postponed like it was. We weren't tired, you know, which had to be a bit of an advantage. Um, probably gave Conte a little more time to work with the players that would probably having to have a recovery day on Monday. And I just, I'm just curious to see now with Norwich coming up. Realistically, if you look, if we beat Brantford two 0 we we should be beating Norwich three or four 0 considering how poorly they've played this year. And this could be, as I said earlier, a chance to build up momentum and get things going. And I don't know if I necessarily want to say turn the season around because it wasn't that that bad, but it really wasn't that good. So this is a chance again for you for Conte to have on the training pitch showing them what he wants. And I kind of think maybe that's part of the reason why we close this out. He had a little more time to kind of sit down and talk with them and instill the what he wants in a team. Exactly. And you bring up Norwich as our next opponents on Sunday. Uh, they're, not, they're not doing too great. They have changed their manager recently. So uh, last time out, they uh, they drew one all with 10-man Newcastle. Dean Smith lines them up 4-1-4-1. He, he has that against Newcastle and the other game, which they drew against Wolves. Um, they are 19th in the league on 10 points, but they've got the eight of those 10 points in their last four games. So even before the previous manager was removed and Dean Smith came in, uh, the, the upturn started. Franco, I still think that we, we should have too much for them. They've got a decent goal against Newcastle, but we, we should have more than enough to deal with, with Dean Smith's team. Yeah, no, I agree. We should. And I think... Uh... <laughs> Like we said, probably like, when was it, six or seven games ago, this is a good run of games and this is kind of coming towards the end of it. Obviously, we missed the Burnley game, which was probably another opportunity for a play against one of the easier sides. But, you know, Norwich, before that, before they had this man, new manager bounce, were, were pretty useless, weren't they? I saw the Chelsea game where they got absolutely smashed. Um, and like a lot of my friends are Norwich fans and, and they've been saying that they're down from the start of the season. I just think getting rid of some really key players, obviously, skip they couldn't keep but when you lose players like him and Buendia who are just absolutely fundamental to the way they played last season it's going to affect the team um, and I think they've had some problems in the in, in the back uh, back room I don't know exactly what's going on but I think it's not been an ideal season for them so far at all and obviously losing their manager they've, they've had the bounce now but um, 
yeah, I, I just think we need to really put the effort in at home. We're a better team. Um, and I think, you know, with the, with the crowd behind us, we, we should really have a go at Norwich and, and try and similarly to we, we know what we did tonight, just take those opportunities. But we need to start quicker. This is still, still different. I still think today we... we we still were a bit sluggish in the first half in terms of the tempo, and I think we upped it in the second. I just, I just want us to start a bit quicker, and because that's against these sides, I think that's what you need to do: put them on the back foot from the start, and and fairly quickly, I think they'll fold. But they are a different proposition now. They've got a new manager, but um, I, I don't see Norris staying up, and I think we've really got to get the three points of the weekend. Yeah, Sean, um, he scored a decent volley against Newcastle. So, w- would you say Puki is the sort of main threat for Norwich, or? I mean, Billy Gilmore is one of of the thousand Chelsea loanies that are out there. Are there any danger, are there any worries in that Norwich team uh, for us to look at on Sunday? Well, you're looking at a team that has scored eight goals and Pookie has five of them. (laughs) You know, you're kind of going, what else is out there? You're like, they they spent that money on Josh Sargent, who has done nothing other than miss an open goal. And, you know, Aaron's, everybody seems to love him. Everybody seems to think he's going places, but Nobody ever seems to really buy him. So it's you're just looking at them and you just think if we can, you know, as Franco said, if we can start this game on the front foot, play well, and, you know, have somebody take Pookie out of the game, not literally, but, you know, kind of do a lot of what we did tonight to Ivan Tony, it should be at least 2 0. At least. They don't, you know, I was looking 14 matches, they haven't scored in six of them. You know, this yeah. isn't this isn't a team with a lot of danger. And like I said, if if you can keep Pookie in check, there's no there's no reason we shouldn't win this by two or three at least. Yeah, no, they've conceded 28 goals in their 14 games. So look to get that goal difference back. We're still on a negative goal difference, as most of the teams outside the top four are mm. in terms of goal difference. So this, uh, Franco, this should be an opportunity to. To, to get some momentum going and, and for Conte to sort of get some confidence. We do need to get some confidence back and, and a big win against Norwich will we'll put us in good stead ahead of the, the festive period. Yeah, no, and uh, I, that's exactly it. I think we need to really treat Norwich with the disrespect they deserve. I hate saying this because <laughs> it never happens when I say it. Never happens. We always They always turn up performance. The thing is, like, I don't think Canswell's been playing much season. I think he's part of the, the background issues that have been going on. Um and it's something to do with Gilmore as well. I'm not entirely sure whether it's true, though, so I'm not going to go and spread rumours on, on the internet. But, um, yeah, the issue is they're just not getting goals from elsewhere. Um, like Sean just said, they've, they've, I think the rest of their goals are all from defenders and they've not really had any contributions. And like I said, Buendia scored so many goals and so many assists last year, just of such a ridiculous season. You take that out and most of their creativity is gone. Um, they don't have great defenders. Like, yeah, I, I just think... That midfield as well, it's not brilliant. Like McLean's a half decent player. Um, who else they play? Is it that guy Melu? Um, yeah, I just, I just think that, that we should definitely just go there and try and put them under pressure from the start. And it'd be interesting to see because I feel like we've we've not really done that so far under Conte. Obviously, like the European game where we could have probably done it as well. We were awful. So I just want to go and see us really put a stamp on it and, and put the pressure on from the start. Well, speaking of which, let's get some predictions then. Sean, you first. What do you think the score will be against Norwich at home on Sunday? I'm going to go 3-0 to Spurs with uh, two from Harry. And I think Sonny will get back on the uh, score sheet as well. And hopefully this will be the the turnaround we need. Franco, how about you? How, how confident are you against... Are you, are you going to the game, first of all? 
Yeah, going to meet up with John, Mr. Williams, I think, as well. He's going to be there with his boy. So, yeah, I'll be going. <clears throat> Hopefully it's not as cold. Um, yeah, I'm confident. I think we're going for 7-0. <laughs> Kane, Kane's going to get them all and get himself back on the scoring track and it all will be forgotten about his terrible start to the season. No, look, I want a goal from Kane. I think we all do. And yeah, I think he, not, he obviously wants it more than anybody else. Um, he needs to start scoring goals, doesn't he? And, yeah, we need to uh, maybe get them in a game like this is, is probably the most likely. So, no, I'm, I'm going to go for a 3-1, I think. Um, and yeah, I want to see Kane get at least two of them. So, Sean, I mean, things aren't too bad. We have a game in hand now because of the, the Burnley game being called off. We are sixth in the league, two points off fourth with a game in hand. So, things don't look too bad. How, how are your thoughts in terms of the, the, the top four race? I tear myself up on this one all the time. Do we go after top four? Do we go after Conference League? What do we do? And for me, I think the biggest thing, I, I just... I want that trophy, and I don't care what. It's not a trophy. I, I, I don't. I don't it's, it's not a trophy. I'm just. I'm just saying. I don't Sorry. care which one it is. I don't care whether it's Conference League. I don't care whether it's the League Cup. I don't care whether it's the FA Cup. The reason I want it, I want, I want them to want them to win something a just for us, but b to start a winning mentality of winning trophies of yeah. going into big games and winning them because that's something we have not done when they when it's come down to big semifinals big finals we've laid a big egg and done squat i just want to see them overcome that because i think we have good players i think if we can just go out what like i said it doesn't matter i don't care which one it is we can go out and win that i think conte can use this a to maybe get some more money B to also show the guys, look, see, I told you, you listen to me, we want a trophy, let's get out there next year and win more. And sometimes I'm not sure whether I want the trophy or the top four. I think I want the trophy because I want to see them learn how to win big games and, and progress. I, d- I don't think it's that much of a stretch for us, to be honest, and I think we can we can do both. Uh, you know, we're never, we're not competing for the league in, you know, this year probably not even next year at all. You know, the top three are miles ahead of us. They all won yesterday and today. Um, Man United have gone and beaten Arsenal and, you know, West Ham, like you said, are only two points ahead. It's it's all very tight up there. And Man United are probably our biggest threat because the Gooners are the Gooners. Um, so I just think that the league is there. If we can just improve on our formula, our team is not terrible and we've got an elite manager. And I think if we can put a run of games together and start playing better football, I think we can definitely get that sort of ball. But you also got to remember that Man United have got European football themselves to worry about. So, mm. That's going to play a part in them. Same with West Ham. Arsenal will probably, you know, got that advantage of not. So I just think, yeah, it's it's all to play for, and I don't think it's a stretch for us to get top four and progress in that competition. Uh, four fronts is probably going to be quite difficult because we we know that our squad is not that deep and that the bench is is not that great. But look, it's it's just going to have to be smart with it, and we're going to, those fringe players are going to have to start pulling out performances in in uh, European competition because I don't want to be able to send our, our best players out to Europe to play uh, whoever we get in the next round if we assuming we get through you know we might we might by next uh, you know Thursday night <laughs> not be worrying about this at all anyway because <laughs> we might not be progressing so you know I think we've got enough but I think I, I can sympathize entirely with all Spurs fans that want a trophy it's it's what we all aspire to you know to win stuff 
And but I kind of do agree is that the, the Conference League is not worth fully concentrating on if it was a choice between getting you know once we get into the quarters and semis of that if we're starting to rest players for those games rather than play them in the league. I, I don't think I'd agree with that. I still think we go for the league. And, uh, and then we just hope that we can be good enough for the uh, for the Conference League. In terms of glory, like you sort of look like, oh, we sort of sit your grandchild on your knee and say, oh, let me tell you about the final against Carabag in Malmo when we won the Conference <laughs> League. And, and, I, and that's why I say it's, it's intertoto level. Obviously, it's not sort of Audi Cup level. Clearly not. But it's basically the old Cup winners' cup, isn't it? Or like when, it's not, no. Apart from no, the half then. the teams didn't win a cup. <laughs> Call it, call it, call it. If, it, if it's that, at least there's some prestige. There's some, there's some history there. Call it the, the conference league, even the name conference, just I, I, I get, I get, and I don't want to be the sort of defeatist, sort of dismissive. And I guess this is where the players are as well. Like Delhi, like why the fuck would he care if we won the conference league or not? And and so his performances in that competition maybe a reflection of that malaise of that. I'd rather win. Means well, hopefully, so we get really more. lucky. We'll win the league cup. And then we can just bomb out of the conference league, whatever the next round is. We've we've got a trophy, and we'll move on. And hopefully that'll be the thing. But like I said, I just the reason for me on the trophy isn't isn't so isn't as much the the hardware, you know, to have something again in the in the in the trophy cabinet. It's just a matter of you have to start winning somewhere, and we need you know, yeah. Like I said, how many semifinals and finals have we lost now? Was it like five, six? Mm. And I just think. If we can win one, maybe that'll be the thing that can turn it around and start making us more successful and put us on to bigger and better things. Yeah, there's nothing that's going to make them believe in the manager even more, is it, than if he can put yeah. out a trophy in his first exactly. season. Then, like like you know, George Graham did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bren, you're comparing George Graham to Conte. You're going to have loads of people writing on Twitter about you now. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on again. I'm sorry. I hate. I don't. I don't want to piss on anyone's cornflakes, but I just think that we should be aiming higher than the Europa Conference. It means nothing to me. It, You've made your point, Bren. You hate it. I just think it's a place to start. You know, uh, Sean. Thank you so much for joining. Any shout outs, mate? Actually, I would like to give one out to my good mate here, Brian Daigle. Um, we have a we have a mutual friend who, uh, John McClellan from Ottawa, and he was. Uh, He's another one of the Spurs fans who traveled all the way to Burnley to get to a match to only have it canceled. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Brian got in touch with uh, Mickey Hazard, and uh, Mickey uh, sorted him out. And He's doing a Legends Night, I think. It's Ledley and someone else. I don't remember who else it is. Dawson, Dawson. yeah. It was two years. And, it was last and night. He got, yeah. Brian talked to Mickey, and Mickey got him a pair of tickets for that. So I just want to give him a little shout-out. That was a really nice thing for him to do to help out uh, a fellow Spurs fan who kind of got screwed out of a game. Yeah, that would be frustrating, traveling yeah. all the way across the Atlantic. to uh, <laughs> then have to go up north to Burnley is bad enough. But then to get there and not be having any, any football to watch and have to get caught in the snow or whatever, yeah, that, that's not great. So yeah, Mickey's a, he's a good chap. That's a great they sort those those guys out. Also, we, we received the sad news that um, Bob Spurs' father has passed away. All of us at the Cheese Room are thinking of you, Bob, at this time. Commiserations. Oh, Commiserations, we're all thinking of you, Bob. Oh, Franco, thanks for joining, mate. Yeah, no worries, Bren. I'll uh, see you all on Sunday night when we'll be reviewing, hopefully, another win against Norwich. Do watch out for our YouTube video that will be coming out tomorrow evening from Caller and the YouTube crew. And as ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.